The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hit That Line Week 7. I am your host, Zach Barry. Joining me, as always, every week, Austin Gray, Ben Woodhouse, and Nichols Carr. Before we get into the Week 7 slate, which is a damn good one, if I do say so myself, I want to remind you of the sponsors that bring this show to you each and every week. Starting with our good friend Davis McCord at State Farm. He is your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi. He will provide you the service at the price that you want and deserve. So stop looking around. Give him a call, 901-755-6110, and get your surprisingly great rates today. show is also brought to you by the good folks at Clinical Urology Associates, Dr. Michael Jennings and his team. Are here to make that difficult time of a vasectomy easier on you now, offering special in-office sedation for vasectomy patients. They are also offering minimally invasive surgery, including the use of advanced laparoscopic procedures. And he, along with his team of medical professionals, look forward to providing excellent health care to the people of the great state of Alabama and beyond as the folks at CUA accept all forms of insurance. So whether it's a vasectomy or making sure that you're ready and prepared to perform in the clutch, give them a call, 256-492-4040, extension 4. So go all in and lay the points with Dr. Jennings and the good folks at Clinical Urology Associates and keep your health in the black. All right, gentlemen, speaking of getting in the black, we are inching closer. We had... For our, uh, on our scale, a phenomenal week six. Austin two and one, Ben two and one, myself two and one. So you know the planets were aligned last week. Nick just missed going two and one. And you know what? I haven't gotten a chance to pat myself on the back at all this year. I was just a complete, just piss down the leg disaster at the Liberty Bowl away from going 3-0 and when Memphis blew a 26-7 lead to Houston. But on that note, gentlemen, welcome in. We're we, we're in the thick of it now. This is another good slate of games here. Well, we're on the back half. Uh, we're, we're a second-half team. We went in a halftime, made some adjustments. And we, we already started turning it a little bit at the end of the second quarter there when we went, what, what seven and five or whatever. 
So I, I like the back half of the schedule. I think we're going to win a bunch of uh, picks. I really do. We've kind of got a good grasp on all the teams, who's hurt, who's not. You know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be a good second-half team here and, and get in the black for good. If you're uh, – sure. before you go, Nick, I was going to say right now, 32 and 41 <laughs> overall. A couple more good weeks and we can we can be there. Yeah, I sure hope so. I mean, you guys have been carrying me because I've uh, had, what, three weeks in a row of one and two ball. So, yeah, not great. Um, Nick's going to crash at this, to be honest. No, I, I mean, it's really serious. <laughs> I mean, you're 11 and seven, Ben. That's beating Vegas big time. I don't know. Is how... it? I re- I'm really kidding. I have no idea. And we've, and on top of that, we've had four pushes overall. Uh, that's just annoying. For one, putting it into the Excel spreadsheet, but also just like those are bad beats. And we also went seven and five when I missed the pod. So this week, if we're like, you know, <laughs> under 500 again, I, we're just going to, I'm, I'm going to do this in absentia for the rest of the season so we can finish in the black. <laughs> um, all right, so Nick, before you crank up the van here, let's go ahead and dive into Auburn and, and Ole Miss. Uh, get that one out of the way before we hit the uh, the national circuit and get our picks in. This one, honestly, like I was thinking about this earlier today with kind of my analysis and what I was going to say on the show and how I'm going to approach, you know, picking this one. I honestly think this is kind of a a Michael Scott, Dwight Schrute situation where it's K-I-S-S and it's just keep it simple, stupid. Um, Auburn sucks. They are not good. I mean, they are so bad that like Tank Bigsby can't save them. The offensive line is not not good at all. Um, They don't have a quarterback. Uh, Robbie Ashford, you know, all jokes aside, he's he's a hell of an athlete, but he's a freshman. He's spinning. His his completion percentage is, I think – below 50 percent um it's just not it's a tough scene um for auburn and ole miss is playing really well they're coming off a say all you want about the first half but this was a team that struggled in the second half offensively and they blew the doors off uh vanderbilt jackson dart threw for you know close to five uh, 450 yards um they did some things on the ground once vandy took that away they went to the air um I'm yeah. I'm just gonna keep it simple here. I don't think Auburn's very good, and I think Ole Miss is a is a really good football team, and they're at home. I expect a good atmosphere. Um, Auburn's one in five against the spread this year, the worst cover percentage in the conference. Um, I know this game has typically gone under um, the last couple of years. Uh, I, I think I saw an average of fifteen point nine points per game under the total. But I like Ole Miss big here. I think you're going to go against the trend. And I like Ole Miss to continue to get more and more out of Jackson Dart each week. And I, I don't see this Auburn defense slowing down, um, you know, through the air. And I think the, the run game is going to get theirs. Um, I agree with you. I'll be very so quick. Basically, I didn't say it, Ben. I, I'm laying the points. Sorry. Yeah, I'm. I'm also going to lay the points. You can go in and lock me in on that. Um, I, I've 
I've taken Ole Miss pretty much every week, and as long as they win, I'm going to keep on. Even if I, they don't cover, that's fine. I think they're like three and two against the spread this year, um, with the sixth game being Central Arkansas, which was not listed. Um, Auburn's just here. Here's the thing: like they're going to have, Auburn has good players. They recruit at a level where they're not going to ever be untalented. But the problem that that they're getting into now is they've got a lame duck coach and they've quit on top of the fact that their quarterback can't pass, you know, they're, they're, I, what's his name transferred to uh Stencer, whatever transferred to Oregon and, and since Stidham or whoever it was, and, and they oh, just nice. don't have anybody good enough to do it. So anyway, I, I think that um, Ole Miss is going to cover this line. And matter of fact, I think it's, I think it's a big cover. Like I, I fully expect this to be a, a route. Frankly, like I, I'm thinking, and, and I'm I'm normally not this way. Uh, y'all know me, but um, I think I said before the show, forty-one seventeen, is kind of my my prediction. What's the total here? That would put the total at fifty-eight. I think it's I think it's fifty-four and a half. Fifty-four, yeah, fifty-four, fifty-five, something like that. Okay, so you're looking at thirty, um, thirty-seven, seventeen. And, that's probably about right, and that's a cover by by touchdown. So, the the one thing that Auburn's got, and they're always going to have, is they're going to have like some dudes up front, and I don't know how many they have this year, but they've got Derek Hall, who is yeah. a Ole Miss fans probably remember in recruiting. He's a boss. Like he's got five TFLs, four sacks, an interception. So, I mean, that guy's going to be probably the best defensive lineman Ole Miss has played this year. And uh, we've not ha- we've not played against a stud like that yet, unless y'all y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Ole Miss has played against like an NFL end like Derek Hall. So uh, I mean, I, I think there are two names to know on that defense: it's Hall and Owen Papo. Yeah, Owen yeah, Papo's good. Pretty Colby much Wooden's good. I mean, they they've got some good defenders. They're not terrible on defense, my point, but I still think Ole Miss is gonna gonna handle them because. There's a lot to a team quitting, and I think Auburn has. Real quick, real quick, uh, pop quiz: How many interceptions does the Auburn defense have? No idea. I did see where their turnover margin is minus nine on the season, which Ooh, is a zero. Yeah, they have one interception as a team. Derek Hall, and it's Derek Hall. Yeah. Um. Real quick, if this will influence, I think I know where Austin and Nick are going here, but. I did talk to someone um, from Auburn. They do think that TJ Finley is out again with the shoulder injury, but they also said they'd be surprised if he plays again this year. So Ooh. I think he's taking the Luke Altmeyer route of just, hey, I'm going to sit over here and transfer after this year's over. So I think this is all Robbie Ashford from here on out. Um, so, yeah, again, tough scene. And did I say Stidham? Did I meaning Bo Nix? Yeah, Bo Nix. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, yeah, it's late because Zach got us on your late. Yeah. <laughs> Niggas in storm chasing. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, man, it's, it's serious up here in Oxford. Go ahead, Austin. Before I have to throw some cold water on you guys. Oh God! All right. So I, I won't add much other than to touch on just a couple of things. Ben mentioned, I think Auburn's trenches and and I'll. Usually they're pretty talented, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. The problem for them this year is that on the offensive line, they are really bad. Like this is not your typical 
Auburn offensive line, and I think they lost two more guys. They were already playing backups. I think they lost two more of those guys last week against Georgia. So you're talking we're getting really deep into Auburn's bench at this point, probably playing some really young guys um, and maybe even non-scholarship players. So, you know, I don't know that our defensive line is going to just impose their will at the line of scrimmage, but I don't see Auburn moving the ball effectively against us, really. I mean, Bigsby's really good. So is the other kid from Mississippi, what uh, is Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really good. They will do a, all right, I suppose, but I just can't imagine with the line being as depleted as it is that they're going to be able to line up and just plow through um, our defensive front, which means that they can't do that. They're going to be relying on their passing game, which is is virtually non-existent. Outside of – look, before last week, I would have said outside of Vanderbilt, Auburn has the worst receivers in the SEC. I think Vandy's receivers are better. The mm, that that one oh, Vandy, guy Vandy's got an NFL dude on their roster. The, yeah, the NFL dude and, and and the freshman dude that scores on the screen. The McGowan yeah, really kid is, is legit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, kick and run if nothing else. So, dude, I don't think Auburn's got a player on, at the wide receiver position that would they would even like be on our roster. They are so bad at that position, um, and that's assuming even if they had a quarterback that could get them the ball, and they just don't. So. Implied score here is roughly 35, 20 revs. That feels almost right to me, but I just don't see how Auburn gets 20 here. I, yeah. I think it's more like you know, 35, four, 35, 14, 35, 17. We've been riding the almost under train all year. It, it burned us last game, but I think if memory serves, that was the first time we had gone over this year. I think we're right back to under again this week. Harson is a dead man walking. I think the team knows that. I don't see this, you know, being like some huge effort, last ditch effort to save his job or anything like that. I think it's, I think it's inevitable. I think the players know it's inevitable. I think they're just playing the string out at this point. I don't think we're going to see much fight in them. And I, I hate to engage in mind reading when we're talking about gambling and risking you know, real money, but I have to think that Lane Kiffin wants this one badly. This is the one team, you know, outside of Bama, obviously. But but let's be real. You don't come to Ole Miss and expect to beat Bama when you're when you're rebuilding a football program. Kiffin expected to beat Auburn probably two years ago. Certainly expected to beat them last year. We weren't able to do it. I think if Kiffin has the chance here, we could roll up Auburn like forty. I think I agree. Yeah. So that's going to keep me away from the under just at the outside shot that Kiffin sends a message this game, but um, maybe all Auburn is feisty. Uh, you know, at the outset for a quarter. I think eventually we just impose our will. I was really encouraged by the big chunk plays in the second half last week against Vanderbilt. I think we're going to see similar. I think we're going to get deeper into the playbook, um, open it up maybe a little bit. I think, again, maybe it's close after the first quarter. I think we pull away and cruise to something like 38-13. Yep. Yep. So, just I was just looking at, at, at Auburn's numbers here. First of all, they've only got – three wide receivers with more than two catches on the year. And, and, and their third Good leading receiver. God. Yeah, no, it's bad. Their third leading receiver has 139 catches. They played – I mean, excuse me, 139 yards. They played yards. six games. Um, also, Auburn's only scored 15 touchdowns this year. Like, total. They, they, they've not had a bye week. They've had six games. They're three and three. Two and a half and touchdowns a game. <clears throat> game yeah that's okay i mean obviously fit field goals but that's 
17 points essentially, you know, a game. They're, they're averaging roughly uh, 20 points a game when you add on a field goal. By comparison, we've got 21 touchdowns on the ground. You know, Quinshawn Judkins has eight <laughs> touchdowns. Ulysses Bentley When you said four. 21 touchdowns, I was like, man, that's not that bad. But then you said on the ground. So yeah, when's, on the ground. when's the Ulysses cold Bentley water coming, would, Nick? Yeah, he would <laughs> he would be leading the Auburn team right now in touchdowns. They're, <laughs> it's worse than I thought. But I, I will say, I mean, they're capable of playing decent football because a couple weeks ago, <laughs> at least for a Dynamite half, analysis there. A couple weeks ago, I watched them <laughs> roll up LSU. Uh, they were up 17. And, you know, we know what happened the rest of the game. They, they got outscored 21 nothing in, in the second <laughs> half. But they can play some football at times. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, you I do. kind of thought I was like, go ahead. It, not to interrupt you because this is, you've this has been like the best analysis of any of us, but <laughs> other than whatever your pick's going to be, which I think you've talked yourself out of it now <laughs> yeah. of Auburn of Auburn covering. <laughs> we also get them after Georgia, like yeah. that's a body blow game too. So it's not yeah. as it's not like they're playing LSU at home two weeks ago, semi fresh. This is yeah. with everything still in front of them. Yeah, they have lost to Penn State, but you know they still they had won that squeaker against Missouri who isn't good. I mean, I, I'm not – I guess they're playing hard. Oh, I know. But, but they're not good. It, and it took a miracle for Auburn to win that game. And it was like 14-13 to 13 or something or whatever it the was, final was. It was 17-14 it was oh, I mean, and, and Missouri fumbled at the half. Missouri was winning line. the game. Worst rule yeah. in sports. The worst rule in sports, by the way. So, oh, yeah. anyway, long story short, I it, it continue, Nick. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, uh, no, no. So if you if you take out uh, if you take out you know that game against Missouri, which they really should have lost. I mean, their other wins are an eight point win over San Jose State, and then and then they really they beat down Mercer, okay, to, to start the season. But just looking just quickly, I'll say they're high passing yards on the season, um, and it, it goes Finley for the first three, and he gets hurt, and it's Ashford. It's one twelve, one sixty seven, one fifty two, one twenty seven. 337 against LSU, so that's kind of an outlier, and the 165. They've thrown for over 170 yards one time this year. One time. Mm. They're leading, How many they're plays? Leading, they, did they have big plays against LSU? I mentally did not watch the game. They they, they must have. I'm, I'm going to have to look it up. But their leading rusher has been over 65 yards. Their leading rusher one time this year. It was against Mercer when Bigsby had 147. Their leading rusher against LSU was 45. Uh, against Penn State was 39. I, I mean, I just – in hindsight, they should have just fired Harson. This was so stupid. And I would be so frustrated as an Auburn fan to know that we just wasted a year of my life, you know, keeping Auburn's Harson. Offense. And, and for what? Auburn's offense is quiet quitting. Like the yes. to talk about. Yeah. So, Jay so basically, Daniels was eight for twenty for eighty yards, and they won at Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically, what Nick is getting at is this is a true who can say situation. <laughs> yeah. Because you you threw out a lot of statistics that bode well for Ole Miss, but you're somehow saying that it's going to be closer than the experts think. I I mean I thought that coming in I I just. I'm looking at LSU stats when they when they went into Auburn and beat them. Their leading receiver had 39 yards. 
I mean, I, <laughs> they only had 10 catches, just a pitiful game, and then they went over to Auburn and, and outscored them 21 nothing after going down 17 nothing. So, uh, I mean, Auburn if you want to make the case, if you want to make would. the case for us not rolling Auburn, I think it starts with the fact that we're a little, little banged up maybe. You know, at this point in the season without a bye week, bumps and bruises starting to pile up. We just lost one of our best weapons on offense, although he had been underutilized to date in, in Michael Trigg. I understand he's still a guy that teams have to game plan for, so maybe that matters. And Auburn's defensive front is not bad. They're they're fine. They're not elite like they usually are. They're fine. But, like, they, I just don't think they can stop what's coming Saturday. All right. I just I, The no. LSU-Auburn game, and then I'll let you go, Zach. All right. LSU stats, they're – Jane Daniels – went 8 for 20 for 80 yards. They averaged 3.3 yards per completion. Nussmeyer also played 3.3 yards per completion, 3.8 yards per rush, and one. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's how bad Auburn is. Mm. I just – Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. I, I just – and my, here's my thing, Austin, to kind of to your point about Ole Miss maybe, maybe kind of – you know, not being on point, I guess. I feel like that was the game last week. We 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 mm-hmm. sleptwalked through the first quarter and a half, and we woke up in the second half because I think we we needed to, and I think we mm-hmm. saw that, and you saw how quickly we could turn on the Jets. I just don't think we do that two weeks in a row. Now, I do yeah. think the team acknowledges the two massive road games coming up, which are going to tell the tale for the season. I mean, obviously, you still have to beat Bama, but – you know, you got to get to Bama with one or zero losses, and I think they know that. But, I, I mean, you know, I think the, the fire was kind of lit in the first half last week, and you want to come out against Auburn, you want to put this one away quick. And ideally, you know, the starters are, are chilling on the bench at, at 1 o'clock on Saturday, giving yourself some rest before you go into LSU the next week. So what's uh, your prediction? Yeah, oh, we're covering. We're covering. I, it's 14 and a half. <laughs> they suck, dude. I, I don't – I mean – What was I, What was that, just an – oak? just just pulled the rope-a-dope on yeah, us? Yeah, no, it, it was an okey-doke. I, I, I thought coming in, I was like, I mean, I'm just going to, like, lay this out. and It's going to be like Ole Miss, 30 okay. to 23. But I just – I think we'll score points late if we if we must. But they're 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 pitiful. I mean, that, that game against LSU was awful. Not to, uh, to tell off of you, Austin, about the mind reading. I don't want to get into that. I don't know Lane Kiffin from Adam's House Cat. But do you, I don't think that he really thinks that's a much better job than Ole Miss. I think it's like, to Auburn? your point earlier, I mean, I think every college coach would consider Alabama the premier job in the country now. So, like, mm-hmm. if you lose Alabama, I mean, you lose Alabama. It is what it is. But Ole Miss and Auburn, there's really not a ton of difference. I, I'm, I'm certain that he feels that way. He's like, like, why can we not beat them? They, they're not good. They weren't good last year. We won ten games. Like, what, what's the deal? So, if given the opportunity, I think he's going to run it up. Well, my point is, Auburn has a bye next week, and I can't remember which one of y'all said. I think it was Austin used the phrase "dead man walking" for Brian Harson. I mean, I think this is just. Uh, I guess you wouldn't call it a storybook ending, maybe a, I don't know, a nightmare ending for him because he's probably ready to get out of there, if we're being honest, um, just because, I mean, they've been getting the 
Yeah, yeah they the treated him horribly too. I yeah, mean, they, they, I mean, the the coup last year where they leaked rumors about his personal life, whether or not that was true, was just really tasteless. They did it yeah. while he was on vacation. They tried to fire the dude, and he was like in Mexico. Like, and they also was, like ruined a, a, a girl's life. Kind of. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Is she based still on, on staff? unsubstantiated rumors? I hope so. I hope she's the next AD. <laughs> yeah. Well, my thing is, it's a bye next week. So, I mean, it is just a perfect setup for, I mean, even if the the players, you know, for the most part, probably aren't going to quit. Like, they're still young competitors who want to get out there and play football, but they know what's coming. And I think that this is just a game that almost just controls from start to finish. They put them away. Auburn just can't score like it, it may not even matter if they quit they just they can't score they're not good but i think this is a game that almost just controls wins handedly something like 41 17 and then they fire harson on sunday or monday and then they the last thing for me on that point on that point is that we've been talking about whether or not the players will be motivated and how hard will they play and have they quit i think one thing that we haven't really thought through is how motivated will the staff be? Because this is not a situation well, where it's there's all Boise be, staff mostly. They're all Boise guys. They are not going to have a shot to be retained by the new incoming staff. So how motivated are they going to be to coach their asses off and game plan and prep and prepare? Now, I know they're professionals and they're getting paid. They have a job to do. I get all of that. But when you know you have no shot to be retained, I have no shot to be named the interim. Like, am I really going to go 100 all week? for a school that's going to fire me in two weeks, I, I I have my doubts. Who, I mean, the interim is probably going to be Zach Etheridge. He's the – Cadillac. Cadillac Williams. Well, Cadillac, but Etheridge is the associate head coach. Mm-hmm. So I figure he'd probably get the nod, and he's an Auburn guy. But, yeah, Cadillac's on the staff as well. Can they afford to fire him? I'm I'm, I'm being serious. I mean, where are they going to – Pull out the bat phone and call Tim Cook. I mean, they can't afford not to, though. Well, that's true. Mid season, though, I, I feel like that's just. I mean, again, this this goes back to my notion that, like, I think that's stupid. Like, they should have fired him before the season started because they wanted to fire him. Like, this isn't just like all of a sudden they're like, well, shit, like, he's he sucks. We don't like him. Like, yeah, hated him in January. Like, you should have already fired him. Like, that's why, like, Nebraska, it was dumb to, like, what are you going to give Scott Frost four games or whatever it was to like, see if he's gotten any better? Like, no, he's still terrible. Like they're still not a good football program. Um, the Wisconsin thing, I, I think it's just weird. And they're just trying to promote Leonard before he leaves. But yeah, like I, I think firing somebody at this point is dumb, but on the flip side, if you know, you want to get rid of him, you might as well do it now and start. And they got to find an AD first before they can hire a coach. Yeah, exactly. Like, who is so, going to fire Harson? The president? Is that how this works? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, this is just. Uh, uh, Were they trying no... to get Matt to be the first to the table with Matt Rule? I mean, I, I just <laughs> Matt Rule's oh. getting paid like forty million to not coach anything, so I don't think he's taking that job. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. 
Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove. Beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's going to be really interesting to see who they can get. I mean, maybe it's maybe we'll be surprised. Man, just think of this though: you're going into a job where your two rivals are Georgia and Alabama. Two losses already guaranteed. Yep. I don't care who they hire. At least for a couple years, those are L's. Even if the new structuring comes to fruition that the SEC has, you know, been rumored to be (laughs) considering. Auburn's still going to be stuck with those two teams. Like, they're yeah, they're putting them in a they're, they're pod. Oh, they're going to be in a pod. Yeah. 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 They're, they're not, they're not, they're, their lot is not going to be improved by the new structure. I tell you what, they, if, whereas Ole Miss may be in there with Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas. Man, we may be the, we may be the biggest winner of all out of this if it ever happens. If it were to happen, they, that's right. I tell you, if, before we move on, I, I'll say this. If they're going to hire Hugh Freeze, they better do it quick because that new Billy Corbin documentary about Jerry Falwell comes out. And if Freeze is on that, it's not going to look good. Um, so, um, all right. So, we all agree. Ole Miss, Rolls, I think we all agree they cover. I don't know if we all agree about going over the total. I, I think it's a blowout. I think Ben said that too. Um, I, I just Auburn's don't... just surprisingly bad. Like, this yeah, is like, not – Nothing yeah, we could say we'll be, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say nothing on paper adds up for them making this a game. No. I've got I'm kind of thinking the more we've talked about it, and obviously things could change, but it's one of those when you kind of look back on it, you're like, oh man, this was this was it. I kind of think Ole Miss wins like 34 to nothing. Just they are completely <laughs> I know, no, I know. They're would completely be. checked out. Their offense was bad on a good day. And really bad on a bad day. They're checked out, like you know, like y'all mentioned. The the, the coaches are already, you know, the, their houses are already on Zillow. They're 
totally out of the things and and they don't have anything on offense. I'm kind of starting to think this is like a Georgia Tech-esque game from Auburn. And y'all mm. saw what Georgia Tech done these last couple of weeks when they got rid of Jeff Collins. They're not a great football team by any stretch. But Hold on, wait, not, wait. What did they do against Pitt, Nick? What did Georgia Tech do yeah, against Pitt? Yeah, you called they, them. They were like plus 10,000 or something. And, I mean. Got them. Man. Yeah, so I, I, I'm just kind, I of, think kind of thinking that now. To your point, Nick, I think it's more likely this game's 34 to nothing than Auburn wins. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, if we keep some, talking, I might have it a hundred to nothing by the end of the night. <laughs> well, Dude, some, well, some real bad shit would have to happen for Auburn to win, in my opinion. And it would be one thing. Now they did play Georgia, so that take that in consideration. But it would be one thing if their schedule would, had been loaded with teams early on. It's not like they played Alabama already, or I guess we could say Mississippi State, or you know, they they played Mercer. San Jose, and these are still their numbers. Like they had their bad games too, and they these were are down still at their the stats against San Jose. I think. I think Could they were we, down at the half. You're right. Could we actually consider this a clunker? Like, will we say win your clunkers? Like, basically, like it's a game you know you should win, and it's going to be a stupid game because the other team is not very good, but they might get spunky, but you still got to win it. Like, I don't think this will be a close game, but, like, it's one of those where it's like you almost overlook it because Auburn is so bad. No, I, I think I think that this is the – Ole Miss has the better team, but I think Ole Miss views Auburn as a team it has to beat because I think we still have – like, I wouldn't say little brother, but maybe call it like a half – a step brother or something to Auburn and because they've just kind of – I mean, let's it's, face it. We've only won twice since two thousand eight, or three yeah. times. It's so, like the it's like the cousin that you see at the family reunion that always beats you in like basketball. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, exactly. I, but I, we're I better now, and so we're gonna, class, we're still going to look at them like they're better. That's that's the perfect storm. That's when you that's when you blow somebody out. Like Nick said, thirty four nothing. I mean, there are no yeah. doubt dudes on the roster that that know we were better than them last year and should have beaten them last year. I mean, I just think there are a lot of guys on our team, including our coaching staff, that are going to really want to beat Auburn's ass Saturday. Yeah, right? you got yeah. Ju- juniors who haven't beaten them. You know, I know Dart hasn't seen them before, and Junkins hasn't seen them before, and Evans. I mean, I get that, but like Mingo wants to beat these dudes, no question. You know, AJ Finley wants oh, to I, beat these. Oh, I bet Junkins will have. He'll have a little extra pep in his step. I mean, this is a guy that's from Pike Road. Mm-hmm. And oh, you you guys didn't want me that bad, huh? Like you yeah. you didn't you didn't want to sign me? Like, oh, you you, you came into the Cedric fold Johnson like, really late. For Mobile. Yeah, Cedric Johnson. Yeah. AJ Finley. Like mm-hmm. there's some Alabama flavor on the roster that yeah, I mean, I totally AJ agree there. Piggies. Yeah. Ladarius Tennyson. Tennyson, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, there are gonna be some guys that are gonna want to put it to him because yeah i mean auburn all jokes aside is is a household name in the sec and they've got some heisman trophies they've got some national championships and yeah they've owned Ole Miss. i mean what you can think them off the top of your head because they've been so few far in between i mean 2015 2012 2008 99 outside of that oh three okay yeah. oh yeah yeah that yeah 
with Obamanu. But course. that took an Obamanu drop. Yeah, yeah listen, it took a drop. They have a history that Ole Miss should have, frankly. So it's not like they're they're recruiting such a different player. That no, I mean we should have, but for some mismanagement in the seventies, Ole Miss mm-hmm. and Auburn should be very comparable to each other. It is what it is, though. But yeah. but going forward, we can be or better than them, frankly, especially mm-hmm. if the pod system plays out like it like it may. So, anyway, Ole Miss is going to roll. I guess we can move on. Yeah. Um, last thing before Nick takes over and we get to the national slate, I did get this pointed out to me today, and I think it's fascinating and hilarious. Ole Miss has 666 career wins as a program, and uh, they're taking on Auburn Jesus on Saturday. I think that that's uh... – that's funny. Um, all right. Let's get into uh, – it, it's a good one. Let's get to the uh, national games. Man, this is like one of the better. I'm kind of glad we play the 11 o'clock games so we can get it over with, hopefully quickly, and we'll go watch the other games. There's some good games Saturday. Obviously, we know the, the other SEC game, but Penn State, Michigan is at 11. Uh, it's on – Big noon, big noon kickoff, 11 a.m. on Fox. This Michigan minus seven, and if nobody else locks it, I might lock in the Wolverines here, but I, I, I'm thinking about it. I'm seriously about it. Yeah, minus seven right now. Mm. So kind of going against the trends here and going against, I guess you could say, maybe what, I don't know what Sharps are doing with this one or – what the big money looks like, what what the tickets look like. I kind of have a sneaky suspicion that this is going to be a good game. And I think that Penn State has been just kind of coasting, you know, just been kind of drafting off everybody else, just buying their time, hanging around. They're ranked in the top ten. Uh, I know they had a weird one against Northwestern last week. Um you know, whipped Auburn, beat Purdue and, you know, their opener in a wild game. Chuck Sizzle was trying to win it for for Purdue. Penn State got the win on the road. Say what you want about Purdue and Auburn, but they've shown the ability to go on the road and to win a game in a big environment. And you turn around and look at Michigan, who have they played? I mean, they have virtually played nobody outside of Maryland, who gave them a game. And Maryland had some injury issues. Rakeem Jarrett got hurt. I think Tyler Tagovailoa got hurt at some point. They still only won that game by seven. Um, They somehow gave up 14 points to Iowa, which I watched a good bit of that Iowa-Illinois game last week, and my God, I will never watch Iowa ever again. Um, Watching them try to run an offense is – just just burned my eyes. Um, they handled Indiana last week, but, I mean, Michigan has just kind of had a bit of a cupcake schedule so far, and I'm very interested to see how Penn State handles this game and how James Franklin attacks this one. Um, I know Michigan's finally settled on a quarterback. They were doing that whole, you know, carousel – Two quarterback system will they or won't they? Now they've settled on McCarthy. Um, I don't know if I think Penn State can win it, but I kind of want to 
take the points you're giving me here because I just think that it's going to be a hell of a game. And I think Michigan's not that good. I think they're, I think they're a good football team, but I don't think they're the fifth ranked team in the country. Um, also, they haven't been a favorite against an AP top 10 team since 2016 when they played number eight, Wisconsin. Um, Michigan's also only five and 12 against the spread against AP top 10 teams under Harbaugh. So more times than not, I guess outside of last year against Ohio state is one that I remember most recently, but they kind of struggle in big games. So early kick, I know it's going to be a packed big house, but how raucous will that environment be? And, you know, I think quietly Penn state and, um, Sean Clifford is kind of right of the ship, and I think this is going to be a hell of a game. So I kind of lean uh, – give me the seven points. So it's going to be a maze out. and Maze uh, out. They are honoring the 97 National Championship team. Ooh. And I happen to think that Michigan is actually very good. They complete almost mm-hmm. 75% of their passes. I don't think – I think Penn State's – a little, a bit of like false goods here. They should have lost to Purdue. Like they had, they pulled a rabbit out of a hat to beat Purdue that day. Had the inside two minute drive, ended up winning it all with Clifford. Anyway, um, I, I like Michigan here to cover. I, I'm not going to lock it in, but I think because I think they're going to cover like it's going to be something like 27 to 17. I think that's what it was a couple of years ago. But I like Michigan. They're they're running back. I think leads the nation or second in the nation in rushing touchdowns, and they average like a bunch of yards per carry. They, they're they're I think they're actually pretty good. Now, you know, is Harbaugh against good team or good against good teams? Maybe maybe not. But they found their quarter. I mean, to put in perspective, JJ McCarthy's ninety four for one twenty on the year. Like that is so good. Twenty six incompletions all season. Um. Uh, but you know, so give me give me the Wolverines. I'm going to lay the points, not locking it in. I don't think that it's going to. I think that over under is pretty sharp line at 51 and a half, uh, just because you know the Big Ten they'll 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 just kind of bog they'll they'll bog it down and and it'll be a it'll be a um, a rock fight. But uh, give me the Wolverines. I agree with your assessment on the rock fight. And for that reason, if I had to play it, I think I would take the points here with Penn State. I do think Michigan is the better team, top to bottom. Uh, but I think this is going to be a classic Big Ten, 11 a.m., gray skies sort of game. Penn State had the week off last week, so they've had two weeks of prep time here. Penn State's defense is actually pretty good. Now, they struggle on the offensive line at times to protect. But uh, Michigan, you know, in losing two, what, first-round draft picks last year at, on defense, at least one at defensive Number end. Number one another, overall pick. Yeah, and then I think a linebacker as well. They've not been able to duplicate their results on defense uh, this year. I, I thought that they were really good. And then I watched a lot of their game against Maryland. And Maryland kind of went up and down the field against Michigan, which was surprising for me. I don't think Michigan is going to do that. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't think Penn State is going to do that. That's not how – they're built. They lean heavily on the run and try to uh, limit Clifford's, you know, exposure and opportunities to hurt him with picks and turnovers because, you know, he's been there for a long time, but he's not been particularly dynamic downfield. 
Um, I will say this, though. Last time he played at Michigan 2020, Penn State went in there and beat Michigan 27-17. Now, those are two completely different teams. Penn State had some NFL guys on that roster that they are sorely missing now. I think Michigan wins outright, but if I got to play it, uh, give me the point. Slight lean to the under here at 52. I think anything with the five in front of it in a game like this feels a touch high, but you never know. I mean, this could go to overtime. This could be like a, you know, 28-28 at the end of regulation, and then you're done. Yeah, I just don't really have any faith in, in Sean Clifford. That's that's why I would, I would probably leave Michigan here. And like you said, it's a maze out. I mean, you know, it's, it's a big game. Uh, it doesn't get any easier for Penn State. I think they've got Ohio State – or they've got Minnesota and Ohio State here coming up soon. So uh, – and they do have that, that the whiteout game in Ohio State. Not that they're looking ahead, of course, to, to Minnesota. But I just think Michigan's a better team, and they, they just – and they're just – they're going to be seven points better on on the – Home field. So, um, all right. Uh, another uh, Big Ten game, and I'm going to lock this in. This is the only reason we're talking about it. Minnesota travels to <laughs> Illinois. Illinois, actually pretty decent there. Uh, Minnesota minus six and a half. I think Illinois is going to keep this one close, and I think it's going to be low scoring. The number currently sits at 39, <laughs> and I want under 39. Oh, wow. You're a psycho. <laughs> wow. Let's um let's make sure that 39 is the best number I can get on this one. Um Illinois should be undefeated, by the way. I am still salty about them losing to Indiana. Oh, still. 39 and a half. So yeah, because in because Indiana sucks. Yeah, they're bad. Yeah, wow, exactly. I, that's why I the, the that the number is so heavily slanted towards Minnesota surprises me. And they do say Ibrahim is going to play this week for Minnesota. I still think it's going to be, you know, you talk about gray skies. They're saying that the high that day in Illinois at 11 a.m. is 51 degrees and cloudy. I need that. God, yeah. that's I mean, cool. it sounds great. I mean, that that's an earlier, uh, yeah, an early mid-October Big Ten game right there. Under 39, I just feel like me as a person, I've got to take it. So, mm. to support your point, Nick, I, you know, Illinois' starting quarterback is out as well. So that's why the line has gone from – it opened at Minnesota minus two and a half. It touched seven at one point this week. Now it's oh, all the way back down to the six so and a half. But DeVito I, I like is out. There. Yeah, I, well, I, I thought okay. so. Anyway, I thought he's ruled out yesterday. They're going to have to play Art Sitkowski, I believe, which, of oh, course, you're a big team quarterback. If your name is Art Sitkowski. Hey, Art Sitkowski, former Rutgers guy. Yeah, that's right. I mean, former Devito not is not a terrible quarterback, but also I'm not sure that's the biggest loss in the world. I mean, clearly Vegas thought it was a loss, but in, in terms of trying to keep this under 39, that just I mean, plays he's... perfectly for what they're going to what they're going to want to do. I mean, Chase Brown, they're just going to have to give him the rock. Oh, wow. and, and look, Illinois' defense is sneaky good too. By the way, oh, there's no sneaky about it. Yeah, well, the Gophers have a decent running back on the other side too. Sure. Lest, lest we forget. Um, I'm going Minnesota here. I, I think Ibrahim is going to be run, running the football. Um, they did have a bye last week, and I was looking at some trends. They're 9-1 and one against the spread since 2019 when playing after six or more days of rest. Um, this season, they're 4-1 against the number, and 3-0 and is a road favorite. I feel like this is kind of one of those weird games where 
okay, sure, Minnesota's favored, but Illinois is ranked, so that looks weird. I kind of like for Ski U to bounce back here, and I, I think DeVito being out is a huge loss. And I know he's not great, but he's your starter. And Sikowski's terrible. Um, the true. dude couldn't even play at Rutgers. I, I think that the Gophers are going to just kind of make this one a, you know, fight in a phone booth and stack the box and take away Chase Brown and make Sikowski throw the football. Um, you know, I know we we made fun of him for a long time for, you know, the Oakley sunglasses and the bald head and the, you know, wearing the vest with the tie and all that. But I mean, Duke can coach. Um, I mean, he's quietly been just kind of keeping it, keeping to himself and chugging along up there in, in Minneapolis. So, so yeah, he's, he's kind of settled in, you know, like now that he's yeah. not the darling, like you're right. He's just, right. he's just coaching ball and they just beat people, man. They just win. Yeah. Um, now, and again, this is a gambling show, so of course I'm going to provide a trap door for me. Burt is also a hell of a coach, and I think that Illinois could certainly win this one. It's in Champaign. I think that they can somehow, or somehow, sometimes get a little rowdy up there. Um, I think it's a school that, it's a basketball school, but I feel like they also like football. So when they're halfway decent, like they show up and and they'll uh, they'll support them. I know that I, when I was in Chicago last week, I saw a ton of people out screaming ILL and wearing, you know, the garb and all that. So I expect a decent crowd, but I, I don't know. I'm just feel like I'm going to go Gophers here. Might circle back. I have nothing to add to this. Didn't look at it, but I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Bielema guy. Um, I think that that line is big, even with the DeVito out. I like Chase Brown. Like I said, they should be undefeated. If they were undefeated, what would they be ranked? 17th, 16th, something like that? Yeah. And the line Give, would be like three. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think Illinois, I, I would take Illinois at home, 51 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not terrible. I, I don't know. I mean, Fleck is a great coach. Zach is right. I don't know how much they win in the coaching uh, category of this game. You know, Illinois got a bye week next week. I wish that they had, you know, and they're coming off having played Iowa. So that's kind of a body blow game for them. Anyway, line may be sharp, but I'll take the fighting Illini at home. I'm taking the Gophers if I got a bet it, but I like Nick's under here. I think that's the play. Well, under uh, 39 well, uh, is just absolutely like against <laughs> I, I just oh my god that's some that Jeffrey is, Dahmer that's shit right there everything <laughs> that, that is it is who I am is taking under forty numbers yeah. all right on to two thirty uh, there's a whole bunch of like ranked matches I think there's six ranked versus ranked matches this week which is which is incredible but so we won't touch on on every game but this is the big one and I'm going to lock in a side y'all know which side it's going to be if y'all want to take it I will give y'all that opportunity that way I'm not hogging everything. Alabama travels to Tennessee. Third Saturday in October is actually played on the third Saturday for the first time in a few years. And, I mean, personally, I'm going to lock in Tennessee. I'll give you all the opportunity in case you all want it instead. Mm -hmm. But I think the Vols are winning the game outright. I'm taking money on them to win it outright. 
I think they're better. I think this Alabama team, the shine is going to come off of them. I, I don't see the guys out there for Alabama when I look at their offense. I mean, I was talking about this last week, but there's not a Julio Jones or a Calvin Ridley. I mean, there's a, a transfer from Georgia Tech and a transfer from, you know, Louisville. And I just – guys that are good college players, but there's some studs oh, out there. Oh. The, the defense has got Will Anderson. They've got some players, you know, Byron Young up front. They're good. But I, I still don't look at that Alabama team and think, man, there's a whole bunch of first-rounders on this team. I don't see it. I think Tennessee's winning the game outright. Hendon Hooker's incredible. They have secretly one of the uh, the better uh, run defenses in the country. I think it's seventh in the country uh, in efficiency uh, on the on the run defense. This is a pretty good Tennessee team. I think they're going 11-1. and one. So, Alabama hasn't had the most difficult – scheduled to this point they did have to play at texas and got really lucky to win that one and and bryce young really willed them to that win with that said and i agree with you nick i think tennessee wins this game outright however alabama allows 250 yards a game on defense like they are really good on defense and i agree with you that they quote unquote don't it doesn't seem like they have a lot of first rounders out there they certainly don't don't on offense and Tennessee may be good enough on offense that it doesn't really matter how good Alabama's defense is because you were right. Hendon Hooker is great. I like their receivers. Um, you know, they're not even really that bad. Their backup quarterback's pretty good. So, but but with that said, this is a, you know, this is 2014 Ole Miss hosting Alabama college game day, Katy Perry type feel for Tennessee. They're going to be rowdy. They were so loud the Ole Miss game last year, and they're going to be that much louder Saturday. I, I Give me the balls at home. I, I think that they beat Alabama. I do think it's close. I mean, I don't think they're going, anybody's going to blow out Alabama outside of like a college football playoff game. But um, if I think they beat them whether Bryce Young plays or not. If he doesn't, I think the score's obviously a little bit bigger. But uh, if uh, he does play, I still would take Tennessee to cover the seven. All right. So I think the line at seven is telling us Bryce Young is playing. This is a Bryce Young num- number. It has to be. Otherwise, it's three, three and a half. So I think Vegas is saying he- he's playing. He's got to play. Um, I've gone back and forth on this game all week. And I, I just keep coming back to this point. What? Well, let me just ask y'all, why is this not going to play out exactly like Ole Miss and Bama last year? I mean, what's the? it's the same scheme offensively, essentially, that Saban shut down with Corral last year. I think Corral's better than Hooker. Um, I think our weapons are comparable. They're going to be without Tillman again this week. So, by yeah. receiver, basically the same. I think our running backs last year were better. Now, I know we were yes. on the road at, at Bama, but – um and okay. one thing I do think that that game the score is worse than the game was in a, yeah. in a now now that's not to say that Ole Miss could have won the game uh, I'm not saying that but I remember Ole Miss went for it on fourth down I mean we go for it all the time anyway but a lot of things happened yeah. there early and it oh, spiraled yeah. we- out of control until Ole Miss was down like 21 to nothing and yeah. you're beat at that point against Saban. You don't come back from that. No, I so, agree. Look, if we score on that first drive, it's a it's an entirely different ball game last year. It just is. 
And I recognize that at Bama is much different than on the road at Tennessee. This will be the biggest game in Tennessee football over the last, what, decade for them? I mean, I know this last century. year was, yeah, it was, was huge last year with Kiffin visiting, but not for, like, program building. It was just they wanted revenge on, like, Kiffin. That, they didn't really have anything to do with, like, elevating their program necessarily because exactly. they didn't actually – you know, they did. They don't view us like they do Bama. Nobody does, and for good reason. So, um, so the home field advantage for Tennessee is worth something. It's worth three and a half, four points probably. But I just, I've not really found a great answer to. Well, it's not going to play out the way it did against Ole Miss for these five reasons. Now, that doesn't mean anything. I could be dead ass wrong about that. Tennessee could come out and beat Bama straight up, like like you and Nick are saying. I just, I just think again, given comparable schemes comparable talent almost probably having the edge at quarterback talent bama came out lined up ran over us right yes like ball did. control yes. took the air out of the ball did not let our dynamic offense stay on the field for any amount of time saving manned up on the outside and sent pressure off the edge that's exactly what he's going to do against tennessee and look that's also what pitt did against tennessee by the way and pitt took tennessee to overtime mm-hmm. after tennessee knocked out their starting to their, their first-string quarterback and their second-string quarterback. Pitt mm-hmm. is not Alabama. If Alabama can get pressure with their front without having to blitz and let Saban do his thing on the outside, I don't know. I think it's got the potential to be a long day for Tennessee's offense. And, oh, by the way, we've mentioned this before, not wishing it on the kid at all and not predicting it. But if you run Hooker against Bama, you run the risk of him being knocked out of the game. So – they're going to have to be really clean, protect him, keep a clean pocket for him. And if Tennessee's receivers without Tillman, without their guy, their stud, if they can beat Bama's guys one-on-one and cover zero or man coverage, they're going to win. I just don't know if I'm willing to bet on that. So I'm not laying real money on this, and I'm not taking it as a lock. But if I got to bet it, I'm laying the seven with Bama until Tennessee shows me differently. It's an interesting interesting. Uh, comparison with the Ole Miss game last year. That's a good way of looking at it um, because I don't think this Tennessee team's any better than Ole Miss was last year. I don't either. And, and again, and, maybe they will be by the end of the year. Maybe we're, we're going to look like idiots if they're in like the college football playoff. That's that's possible. We're not, you know, we're not fortunate. Maybe to Alabama's worse though. I don't know. Could be. Yeah, that could be. It could be. All right, y'all ready? Yeah. Alabama has been a favorite in 77 straight regular season games against FBS opponents. That is the long, it's tied for the longest streak since the 1978 FBS FCS split. 77 straight games. That is insane. The last Um, time was Ole Miss 2015. I was Georgia and wait, you say regular season games? Yeah, yeah right. So excluding it's, conference championship games. Yeah, so they've it's gotta been a, be uh they've literally I been guess. a favorite every game of their season. Since Chad Kelly was playing quarterback. For seven years, yeah. So I mean just insane. I mean, just that that is just staggering. Just just the sheer dominance and how Vegas perceives them and how Vegas is normally right. Um, they're 11 and four against the spread against Tennessee under Saban. Um, Tennessee is 0 and 5 against the spread 
against AP top five teams since the start of the 2020 year. Um, and uh, they're one in five against the spread as an underdog under Heupel, which is the worst such cover percentage in the SEC since last season. Um, like, I'll be honest, if Will Anderson didn't exist, I might lean Tennessee, but your boy is alive and breathing. And look, this is a game that he is going to play with his hair on fire. Um, I've had questions about Tennessee's offensive line all year. They've basically gotten around it with some scheme, and Hendon Hooker has just been incredible. Um, one other thing I want to point out, what's always been the key to beating a Nick Saban Alabama defense? Mobile QB. Got to be a, a mobile quarterback that is accurate and can stretch the field. Hooker checks those boxes. You also need running backs that can keep you honest and run the football. I mean, you look at the Ole Miss teams, they had a mix of, you know, some scat guys like Jalen Walton, and um, you had some Jordan Wilkins mixed in there, some, you know, Akeem Judd, whatever. You go back to, like, South Carolina, they had Steven Garcia. You also have Marshawn Lattimore. Um, you look at some of the other teams, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, um, Clemson's running backs. Look, no disrespect. Jabari Small ain't it. He's not keeping that defense honest. Alabama, they don't care about Jabari Small. Like, they don't worry about him. And I will say this about Nick Saban defense. One thing that that I feel like is tough but fair with how they recruit and how they coach, and I think recruits that are game for it love it. You go to Tuscaloosa, you're playing man coverage. You get there, we ain't playing zone. You come out here, it's man-on-man. It's who's going to be a dog and who's going to be a puppy. That's how it is. That mindset never changes. So this isn't some like, all right, guys, this week we're doing something different. No, it's the same shit they do every week. They're going to challenge you, and if you can beat them, okay, you beat them. Cedric Tillman's not playing. I know that Tennessee has put up a ton of points, and they've been prolific offensively this year. Hooker has been great. Brew McCoy is starting to really hit his stride in the offense. He's a matchup nightmare. But another thing, guys, come on. We've seen this movie before. Late in this game, there's going to be some calls downfield. Who do you think is going to get the benefit (laughs) of the doubt? You know what the answer is. So there's going to be some tugging by some guys in some white jerseys and some crimson helmets, and there's going to be no flags. And Austin said it and Ben hinted at it. I think this is where the moment's too big for Tennessee. I think the moment, just game day, the buildup, Hypo in his first real big game. I know the Ole Miss game was a big one, night game. Ole Miss was really good. They wanted to beat Kiffin. I just really have a hard time thinking that that guy's going to beat Nick Saban. Um, Also, we we would – Sorry, Zach. I was just going to say we'd be remiss to point out here that uh, if we didn't point out that uh, Tennessee starting safety and team captain also allegedly punched a dude down a flight of stairs this week and is probably not going to be available for the game on Saturday. Yeah. It, um, you know, like assault charges or something, aggravated yeah. assault. Is that, isn't it like felony assault? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, he was, he was in the, <laughs> he was in the stripes. I uh, saw the picture. Um, I think Bryce Young plays. 
Uh, I mean, he was stressed out for last week's game. I think if it got to where Saban thought that they were going to actually lose and they needed him, he would have played. Um, yeah, I just, man, I don't know. I, and look, and, and I'm not saying Tennessee is not good and they're frauds. I think they could still go 10 and 2 or 11 and 1, mind you. I know that sounds crazy, but I, these oh, are the I, games I that, these are the games good. that like Alabama wins when it's like, oh man, they're gettable. Like, no, nah, no, nah. you're right. But like at the same time, I mean, let's say Bryce Young does play. He's still not 100%. And he's so much of their offense. I mean, we saw that last And they're not AM. great. On no, and, it, and he, he is the offense. Even if he plays, he's not going to be 100% or even really close to it. And I, and I just – I watched them last week against Texas A&M, watched the rest of the game, and Texas A&M didn't really play a good football game. I don't think if you – if you ask Jimbo Fisher, you know, what he thought of this team's performance, I wouldn't I wouldn't think he said, you know, we played great, the offense was awesome. I mean, they had some turnovers and then they they kind of kicked a few field goals. Next thing you know, they were in it late. But Texas AM certainly didn't play good, or excuse me, didn't play great and almost went into Tuscaloosa and and beat Alabama. I mean, really maybe should have. It might have, should have had an extra play there at the end, you know, there was some some favorable time. I think yeah. Alabama's walking into a hornet's nest. I think it is going to be the best atmosphere. I, no, you're right. I think that that's when they, they thrive. One of those though. games where, like, yeah, they win like, 25 nothing or something. Right. They you're, always I'm, have a stud to carry them through it. it, it in uh, this man. in this moment, Bryce Young, if he's 100% healthy, I'm on board with it. But, like, right now, who's doing it? Ole Miss, when they went into the Hornets' nest last year at Tennessee, Matt Crowell literally won the game himself. Yeah. Who's doing that for Tennessee? Well, I don't think, Bryce I don't think Alabama's next I mean, I'm best sorry for skill Alabama. player. Yeah. I don't Do think what? Alabama's next uh, next best skill player after Bryce Young is in the top fifteen in the SEC. I, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe y'all are like, you don't know what you're talking uh, about. The, uh, the run at Mill, Jameer Jameer Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs. Gibbs. We yeah, haven't we haven't mentioned him. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's I, fine. I think... I, I'm just not in love with him at all. I don't. I don't love anyone on Alabama's offense other than Bryce. It, does Gibbs start at not, Ole Miss? Is Gibbs no, the second teamer at Ole Miss? Is Gibbs the third teamer at Ole Miss? Come on, yeah, but guys, he doesn't yes. have to be. He doesn't. He averages have to be. eight point three a carry. He doesn't you, have okay, to be yeah. Derrick Henry to run on Tennessee, though. Like th- right. this is not Georgia. He's not we facing Georgia's front. Yeah, That's, we haven't talked about seventh. Tennessee's defense, and they're incredibly suspect. No, Tennessee's run defense is seventh best in the country efficiency. Yeah, Seven it's good. Bets. They're good against the run. Yes, against and, who? Against who? Does sure, yeah. sure, but that's adjust, that's <laughs> opponent adjusted. I mean, they played Florida. Okay. I mean, I yeah, well, Austin brought tough. it up, that's and not, and, and, and now it's there. really I can't get out of my mind about the pit game. The Ole Miss spirit and talk of champions are coming up on the one year anniversary of our move to own three. We couldn't be happier. Winning has certainly helped. Football continues to roll. Baseball is fresh off the first ever national championship in program history. Life is good, but change is always hard. And I don't even want to think where we'd be without LinkedIn jobs, which made our initial hiring experience as seamless as possible. LinkedIn jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Create in seconds a free job post on LinkedIn jobs and add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread the word about your opening. They offer simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience 
so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses ranked LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Football Rebels have a little over a month remaining in the 2022 season. You want them to finish strong, right? Well, you need to finish strong, too, with LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free today at linkedin.com slash TOC. That's linkedin.com slash TOC to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. That's LinkedIn Jobs, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Like, no, that's yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, know. I, mean, I know Tennessee it's... to overtime with a backup QB. Now, again, transitive property and all that, whatever, I understand. And and that was on the road at Pitt, which is not an easy place to play when they actually fill that stadium out. But Alabama but, should have lost to A&M. And like, with three turnovers. We're, like, we're all, hung all, up like, with Pitt, but, like, they, Alabama could have very well – I mean, they're one yard from losing a bad A&M right. football team, one that got dog-walked by State. Yeah. With their backup quarterback and three turnovers, though, like that. This fair. If Bryce Young, if Bryce Young turns the ball over three times, Tennessee's going to win outright. They will. The, the but, scariest part of what anything that y'all said is when Austin said, "How is this that much different than what Alabama did last year to Ole Miss?" That is the only thing said tonight that gave me some pause. Yeah, me too. Me too. You're kind, of, you're kind of right there. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, right. I think I mean, that this is obviously. I think Corral's better than than Hooker. You know. I mean, this and is it's like the same the... offensive scheme. It's the Baylor offensive approach. I mean, that's what yeah. Levy ran. That's what Hypo runs. It's, the, it's literally the same. It's the same offense, and we had better backs last year, and they absolutely smothered us after the first drive. I, I think just the game day being there, the the hype and every. I think at kickoff, Tennessee is just going to hyperventilate, and they're just. I, I don't know that. Maybe this is just like saving and Alabama and all that, and I shouldn't let that sway me, but well, I don't know. Last – okay, quickly, and then I know we need to move on or whatever, but this is the game that everybody's talking about and probably yeah, going this to is the game here. Really. Yeah, so – but last year, did Alabama have two scares like they've had this year in the first five or six games? I mean, they should have lost to Texas. I know shoulda, coulda, woulda. But they got beat. They beat Texas by a point. Texas mm. is terrible, and then they and they squeaked by a And M. And I know it's backup quarterback, but they had Young against Texas, and Texas mm. had their backup quarterback. Quinn Ewers didn't play. Yeah, they're they seem they seem fallible to me, and Tennessee has all the confidence in the world. I the absolute. Best argument, period, is saying is comparing it to the Ole Miss game last year. That is very good. I can't. I have no counter to that. So I guess the I guess the tide's going to roll. But I'm still going <laughs> to I'm going to pick with stick with the Tennessee pick. But man, that's like well, a, well one thing. One thing on that point, and then I, I swear this is the last thing I'll say about it. One thing there is we said it last year on the pod after, and I know we're obviously heavily biased, but Nick Saban had the Ole Miss game circled last year. He wanted to prove a point. Kiffin scared the shit out of him in Oxford the year before, almost beat him with a much lesser team than, than Saban had. And so there, you're, you will never convince me that Bama did not have the Ole Miss game circled last year. They, they were ready for us. They had game plan and scheme for that in the offseason and the weeks prior. I don't know that Saban has had the luxury of circling the Tennessee game yeah. this year he because of the game games. Circled. 
Right, exactly. Because of the games in front of the Tennessee game. So I don't think they've been game planning for Hypo in this offense all year like they did for Kiffin. Again, they would never admit it. Nobody on their beat would admit it. Saban would never admit it. But it's just true. They wanted that Ole Miss game badly last year, and it played yeah. out just like that. So I don't think that they've had that luxury this year, and that may be a really critical difference that they're coming into this with just five days to prep. I know he's the best coach of all time, but that's not the same as preparing months in advance for it. They've also, the Bama's got, I mean, you know, last year they kind of circled that game was a little earlier in the year and it was a the game. Of course they ended up losing Texas a later, but they've, they've got Mississippi state next week. Who's playing a lot better ball. And, you know, obviously that's, that's in Tuscaloosa, but still, I mean, MSU's five and one. And then two weeks later, they've got on, or I guess three weeks later after the bye, they've got on miss. So they don't really have, time to circle the Tennessee game because you can't you can't play your game of the year against Tennessee because you still got to beat Mississippi State who's, who's playing pretty good you know mm-hmm. six days later and then a few weeks later you've got to also beat Ole Miss who's also playing pretty good you know in Oxford so they don't have yeah. you know the, the the time or place to to circle this and this be their end-all be-all they can beat Tennessee and lose to Ole Miss and lose the West you know as much as it pains I, me I don't think that'll happen but you know as much as it pains me to say this, as Ole Miss fans, we should all technically be rooting for Tennessee here. I know that's – I know, uh, yeah. It's gross. Just to be clear, that we need Bama to take this L. Now, it would be it's going to be, you know, terrible to hear Tennessee fans crow about it if it happens, but I, that's fine. That might be – it might be worth enduring that pain just to have Bama take a loss, which sets us up nicely, or you would think, uh, in the SEC West. I do think last week – I mean, like, had – had Texas A&M beaten Alabama, I think you're you're right. I think at this point, though, Ole Miss has got to beat Bama. Like, I, I don't mm-hmm. – I mean, of course, it could get, you know, the crazier things could happen. Bama could lose to someone else. But I don't see two losses on the schedule. You know, if, if Ole Miss loses to Alabama, they're going to be in some big trouble. Now, had they beaten – had they lost Texas A&M and they lost, you know, to Tennessee, I mean, Ole Miss would be in a huge, huge controversy. Yeah. But – there's a long way to go if Ole Miss, you know, loses to Alabama for sure. The The reality is, is I don't know that Ole Miss is good enough to run the table otherwise. And so if you lose to Alabama, you know, yeah, right. one and, and trying to count them to go 10 and two, you, you know, it's really like you go into, you need to go 11. And I know that sounds, that's kind of like a backwards illogical statement, but, you know, you you're probably going to go lose another game too. Happening. Do yeah. what? You almost see them go nine and three because you're probably going to lose if you lose Bama. You, you know, you yeah. feel like you may lose four, and then four. At ten and two, you're you're now you're in a tiebreaker with State or so, somebody like Ooh. that. Right, right. Well, I, I, I all that to say at the end of the day, I think I'm going to keep my lock on there. I also scare me a little bit, but I'm just going to keep it on there. I think Tennessee's going to finally do it. So I'm going to keep my lock. It, I wish it was seven and a half. I, I think I just see it at seven those. I, I see seven and a half, but the juice is towards that. So we'll just keep it at seven. God's mm. uh, right. good. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Who's got a lock? I've got one really quick that I can throw on the board, and I won't say much else. Um, and Nick, you can correct me if the number is different, but I'm going to go ahead and throw up Clemson minus four and a half against Florida State. Bastard. Uh, minus, minus three and a half. 
Oh, perfect. Yeah, Florida State sucks, and uh, Clemson's kind of figured it out. So, um, yeah, they've covered each of their last four against FSU. Um, they've covered six of their last seven ACC games. Um, yeah, there's no way Florida State wins this game. I was really surprised at this number. I thought it would be much higher after watching NC State control the line of scrimmage against Florida State last week. I know we didn't cover that, but Dale Leary got knocked out of the game in the second half for NC State. Their backup quarterback caught one more pass than he completed, which is to say <laughs> he had one re- one reception. He had zero completions in the second half. So um, I know people like to act like FSU blew that game, but it, I think that ignores the fact that NC State lost their freaking starting quarterback in the third quarter. So anyway, if NC State can push FSU around, Clemson can push FSU around, and Clemson gets back two of their stud defensive linemen this week and a couple of corners. They've been sort of just making do without those guys for the last two, three weeks. I think the lines of scrimmage are decidedly in Clemson's favor in this. I don't know that Florida State gets into the 20s here. I know Clemson's offense doesn't set the world on fire, but they're not going to need to. I think if they get to 31, 28, whatever, I think they comfortably cover three and a half. Yeah, I've got nothing to add here. Clemson's going to roll. Florida State's going to lose their third game in a row. Yeah, mm. and they're getting better. Mm. I mean, Norvell's got them playing well. They've been banged up. There's some injuries. But I just this, – this line doesn't make sense. They have not closed the gap this much in a year. That's quickly becoming a hard job. Yeah. It, it's just been so long since been they've hard. been good. Yeah. All right, so yeah, I got one it, out there. Anybody else? Going. I'm I'm scrambling a little bit because you stole that one from me, Zach. Uh, Nick, what do you have on NC State and Syracuse? Oh, I have dang Syracuse minus three and a half. I hate that hook. Again, I saw enough of NC State's backup quarterback last week to want nothing to do with them. I want Syracuse here. I just don't think I can lay three in the hook with a, a low-scoring game. Total is lined in the, what, like 40s, 44 something. So uh, I'm going to stay away from the three and a half. Um, I will go to – here, let's 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 do an ugly one. What do you have on Stanford and Notre Dame? Uh, Notre Dame minus uh, 17. Give me the Stanford Cardinal plus 17. This is just too many points. It's too many points. Notre Dame is going to win. Stanford probably never threatens, but I I I can't imagine a 21-point win here. Notre Dame is going to be fresh off of travel from Las Vegas back home, but they just played BYU in a relatively big game for them. They're going to overlook Stanford. There's no way they're going to get up for this game. Um, Stanford's okay. They're, they're not good, but you're telling me that Notre Dame with a backup quarterback and no wide receivers – is going to roll up Stanford. I think the potential for the back door to be open here is uh, is there. I, I think Notre Dame wins something like uh, 33-20, and we easily get the, the 17. All right. Uh, does that anybody, is so many points. Does anybody yeah, have any Yeah, a ton idea, of points. Does anybody have any idea what K.J. Jefferson's status is? Line says he's playing, but I don't I haven't heard anything official. That that line move though, BYU flipped from a favorite to a dog. 
I, I think he's mm-hmm. playing. So has anybody has anybody picked the Utah USC score yet? No. Uh, yeah, didn't you know, we talked about that earlier in the week? I think yeah, offline yeah. in 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 this here. Group. What's the line right now? Uh, let's see. We've got Utah is uh, laying three and a half. It is three and a half still. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to take them anyway. Utah minus three and a half. Look, I um, they're playing at home. I think this is a little bit of an overreaction to a loss against UCLA, who's actually not that bad. And mm-hmm. Utah just did not play well. Um, Dorian, what's his name, Thompson Robinson or whatever, he he had a good game. Look, Cameron Rising's really good. Um, and mm-hmm. USC, but this is more about them just not being what people think that they are. And um, USC, like Caleb Williams, good, good transfer. You know, he's got good numbers, but they've really not had to play anybody. And it's kind of given every – others the impression that USC is actually a very good team they've they're the media loves to rank blue bloods high and USC is a blue blood um look they they blew out rice they squeaked by Stanford played Fresno well really did squeak by Oregon State Arizona State who fired their coach middle of the season and then you know they played Washington State last week and won by two or three touchdowns I I like Utah. Utah burned us in the Florida game, but they're mm-hmm. kind of figuring things out, coming back home, playing. I like them to cover the three and a half. Um, I think it may even be a – yeah, it's a 7 o'clock kick, so it's not super late, but it will definitely be the nighttime game that we watch at my house. So uh, give me the Utes. Love that one. Mm. Love that one. They're not as strong along the lines of scrimmage as I would prefer for – they're not as strong as they've been in the past, the, the recent past, but they are still much stronger in the trenches than Oregon State, who gave USC everything USC yeah. wanted in that game on the road. I think USC having to travel to elevation here with Utah coming off of a loss, like this is the recipe for an undefeated team to get beat. It's on the road. It's going to be a raucous environment. Yeah, the Utes. It's the, a get-right game for Utah, too. They didn't expect it, to lose two games all season, and they're exactly. already like four and two or something. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I think Rising right. will be motivated here to show that he's a better QB in the game. Now, again, whether or not that's true is a different story. I just think Rising is going to have the game of his of the season. Um, yeah, yeah, I love it. All right, let's go. Wait, Zach, did you take BYU? No, I'm thinking about it though. But before I do that, I'm going to go. Like- I'll lock BYU in if you don't. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and get it. I think the wrong team's favored in that game. Who's what's the line right now? Isn't it Arkansas one and a half? Arkansas one and a half, yeah. Yeah, man. I I feel like Arkansas, they've lost three in a row. Even if KJ Jefferson's back, like he's gonna be rusty. Their offense has been kind of discombobulated. And I mean, BYU ain't bad. I think long trip over there, elevation. It's Let a me terrible spot for Arkansas. Those Mormons get terrible. rowdy. It, this would be more about Arkansas being, but almost exactly. it almost concerns me that Jefferson missed time, and if he does come back, like giving them a jolt of energy. Um, I don't, I don't know. I 
BYU's right. not bad, but they got wrecked by Oregon. And mm-hmm. and they also is, lost to a Notre Dame team who I thought was going to be a lot better in the preseason. Is um, Oregon is Oregon good now? Oh yeah, I think so. I think they are. Like they they're much better than they were from week one. They could I mean, really yeah, exactly. <laughs> well exactly. they could they could maybe low key went out. Yeah. Um yeah. All right, while me and Ben are mulling over BYU, I'm going to go ahead and jump on this one that's in Statesboro. I'm taking the Dukes to cover against yes. Georgia Southern. Love, love this one. Um, JMU is fun. They're so good, man. Like, <laughs> they're they good. are they're legit. Is it is it 10 or is it 12? I see 12. I see 12, too. Okay, whatever. Um, yeah, they're – they're legit. Um, yeah, offensively, they are fun as hell. Todd Centello takes care of the football, 15 touchdowns, only one interception. Um, I mean, they're averaging close to 490 yards a game. They're pretty balanced, 274 through the air, over 200 on the ground. They're only giving up 228 a game. Um Georgia Southern gives up close to 455 a game. Um, this one is just don't, you know, keep it simple, stupid. Going back to earlier in the show, I, I like the Dukes here. They're uh, they're having a hell of a year. Nationally ranked for the first time in program history. Yeah, yeah. and for the stupid, the dumbest thing in the world oh, is that they can't go to a I knew. They moved. I, I know. Just about to say that. That is so stupid. And they're not eligible to win the Sun Belt, right? Like they can't play in that yeah. championship game. Yeah, they can't even do that for it's, two it's, years. I don't think that's it's, wild. It's so, so beyond dumb. Um, Zach, not to change it completely off of JMU, but <clears throat> if you go back to the uh, Oregon Georgia game, Oregon actually outrushed Georgia. Yeah. Oh gosh! Don't I mean it was like forty nine to three. Okay. It was forty nine to three, but they but, did have more rushing yards. Yeah, they, they moved up okay. and down the field against Georgia. They just couldn't I was score. gonna, I was gonna say between the twenties, like they had no issue. Mm-hmm. Now I know you have to score; that's what matters. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that they've settled in. Like they've they bounced back. Like they went to the film room, they took their lumps after that one, and they figured something out. And it wouldn't you know. be no forty nine to three if it was this week, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, all right. Yeah, I got a couple more, Ben, if you want to think about that BYU one. Um, yeah, I'm still thinking. I'm probably not going to take them. I'm getting gun shy. Let me go ahead and lay out my last one, if you guys don't mind. Right. I've got – y'all know what it is. I'm big on the team down in Starkville this week. Oh, I, I get it. Y'all, the, the line appears to be pricing in uh, that they think Levis might be playing because wasn't it up around seven at one point for Mississippi State to jump back down to yeah. four? Yeah. So yeah. currently it's at four. They think Levis is playing. You know, he, man, he looks great lining up under center and handing the ball off. I mean, he does a really good job of that. What a, what a pro <laughs> guy throwing the ball, throwing the ball two times behind the line of scrimmage to, to the best player in the SEC, Baron Brown. It, it doesn't matter. Mississippi State is playing well. The offense is, is rolling right now. They're running the ball a lot better than they have been ever in Leach's tenure, really. And I just think this Kentucky team, I mean, Ben's going to talk about how, you know, they've got their backs against the wall. They're going to have to come out and play good. 
I'm of the opinion that that their season is, as far as they know it is ruined because they you know they they've lost a couple games that they didn't think they were going to lose and everything that they thought they were playing for at the beginning of the year has totally changed. I don't like I don't think this Kentucky team does anything more than like a six out of ten. And, you know, a few years ago they had a guy named Josh Allen on the line. They're you know really good defensively, really good defensive front. You know, they've had some really good running backs at times in, in, in you know, B. Snell. I, I think Rodriguez is good. I think Levis is good. But I don't think that they're, like, great at anything. They're obviously not a great passing team, even though they've got Levis. They're obviously not a great running team, even though they've got Rodriguez. They, they have a terrible offensive line. Their defensive line is nothing to write home about. And I, I really can't comment on their, their secondary. I didn't think we challenged them very much. I didn't think really Mingo had had his coming out party yet. And at that time, I didn't think we had anything. I watched that team in Oxford just not be good at anything. I didn't think Ole Miss played a very good game at all against Kentucky and still won the game. We kind of just sat on our hands, especially there in the second half, and still won the game. I don't think Kentucky does anything above average. I think they're like a 6 out of 10 all the way across the board, and I think there's some things that Mississippi State does really well. I think MSU is running this one 10 to 12 points. And if you're only making me lay four, that's basically do I think MSU is going to win outright, and I definitely think that's going to happen. Mm. All right, I got, my right. La- <clears throat> I got my last one here. I can't believe I've waited this long because somebody should have stolen it by now. Um, even though they're wearing just some they're, – they're messing it up with these stupid helmets that they're doing, I'm taking – UNC against Duke. I'm laying the points here. Um, this is not a basketball game. This is football. Uh, is it still at seven? Yeah. All right. Yeah, this is easy money. Um, I think Duke's come back down to earth a little bit. And don't look now. I was saying it in week one and week two. Drake May is a stud. He's the best quarterback in the ACC. He's throwing 21 touchdowns, only three interceptions. Already, he's going to eclipse 2,000 yards in this game. Um, the dude's electric. Um, uh, they're going to blow the doors off of the Blue Devils. I'm completely um, with you. I think you're exactly right. I just can't touch North Carolina again. They like yeah, every time I bet on that. I thing. know, but yeah. look, they. All jokes aside with what happened to them earlier in the year, they're playing much better defense the last couple weeks. I know Virginia Tech sucks. They held them at 10 points, held Miami to 24. Um, I I just – I don't know. I'm not saying they're, like, turning a corner or anything, but I just think that their offense is just going to be too much for Duke. Like, Duke's not going to have the athletes. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, So – Nick, back to the your state pick because you said that I was gonna say some stuff. I'm I'm gonna say some stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been big. I've been the Mississippi State stand on this show all season. No, I know what what uh, happened. What happened to you? I, I, I'm I'm not I'm not really going away from that. the The problem is is I did not, I guess, factor in that Kentucky would have lost to South Carolina last week without their starting quarterback. And now they've lost two in a row and they've got a guy who wants to go in the top five in the NFL. And just like you said, 
you know, they've got Rodriguez. Why aren't they good at running the ball? They've got Levis. Why aren't they good at passing the ball? I just think that this is going to be like their last stand of a game. Like, this is it. They can't drop mm-hmm. three in a row. Like, they were number seven in the country when they came to Oxford. This would be their seat. You talk about their season gone now. If they lose to State Saturday, I mean, all bets are off. Like, to, Vandy may upset them at the end of the season. So, I, I just – it's more of a – back truly a backs against the wall they have nowhere to go they have to win like this they is like tennessee and, in two weeks their their backs are through the wall oh oh i'm sure but state plays alabama like state's looking ahead to alabama i really think have you met a single and i don't know these people aren't playing but have you talked to a single mississippi state friend seen somebody online whatever the school this and that who thinks that kentucky's going to be a challenge for them everybody yeah, i right. talked to or no from them thinks they're going through by three or four touchdowns. Like this is a, we, I'm not saying that that because of that, they're going to go up there and and lose. I just don't think that Kentucky, I mean, NFL teams or, or scouts or whatever, don't put Will Lefts in the top five because he sucks. Like they, if he plays, I think that state's going to have their hands full. I'll, I'll take it a step further. This will be the best team that they've played thus far. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. fair. I mean, maybe it would have been Arkansas if Jefferson had been healthy, but I don't know about – I mean, I don't think so. I don't but think. it wasn't just Jefferson. His state got Arkansas, and they lost, like, two dudes in their secondary as well. And, again, I know injuries happen, like, whatever. But, like, state has an air raid offense. If you lose guys in the secondary, it's a pretty critical position, you know? Yeah. 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 Um. I like being anybody, here. This is this is like gut check time for a program, a proud program, a program that that Stoops has built like the hard way. It's been a slog at times. There have been incremental gains like along the way, but this is not a program that's just going to lay down and die. Like he's been there too long. He's got his dudes on the roster. He's got a veteran quarterback. No matter what we think of his draft prospects, I just don't think this is a spot where Kentucky comes out flat and just let State roll them. I think they went out right here. I mean, I, I want you to win for your lock's sake, Nick. But, like, I, I think Kentucky, if you don't win here, it's over. And it may just be over. That could happen. College football, weird shit happens. I just think Kentucky's going to fight tooth and nail in this game. This is not going to be a gimme for State at all. So, did anybody pick Syracuse NC State? No, I, I can't lay over three with them, with Syracuse. I don't know no, if that's I'm, where you were I'm, headed. I want to take the Wolfpack. Um, in fact, I think they win the game outright, but I want NC State plus three and a half at Syracuse. Yes, they've sold out the dome, which is like 50,000 total people. Um, but I'm sure it's loud in there. Um, with, with it being enclosed, Syracuse is laying three and a half. I don't, okay, I'll tell you all this. Every week, I pick at least one game that is the SP SP plus the Bill Connolly system, the largest differential of the week. This is the this is the second largest. Do you know? Not, um, it, second or third? Hang on, no, second largest. The largest is San Jose State at Fresno State. This is the second. Um, which is you know, Syracuse, NC State, it's actually got NC State to win by four or five points. So this isn't 
basically the computer is saying this is wrong. That's the only reason why I'm picking it. I, you know, I do it every single week and it's almost, almost a guaranteed win. Do you know what the third largest differential is state and Kentucky? It has Kentucky winning the game outright. So, um, uh, just, just wanted to, there is no analysis I'm going to give. That is his, that's his second largest. And, and I would pick the Fresno and San Jose, but I, I know nothing about those teams. I know that NC State pushed Florida State around, and I know that NC State played with Clemson, even though there's like some weather. And so they're good. And I think Syracuse, I'm just, I'm not there with them yet. I mean, they've had, they've had a couple of good wins, but they're nothing. I mean, they're new money. NC State's kind of built built a program. Doran has kind of got it going. So, um, I right, give me the Wolfpack. All right, Nick, are you done? Yeah. He's on mute. Yeah, that's all three for me. Yeah, Man, I've this got this a card. Do. I hate this card. Uh, Great games, see. but hard to bet. Hard to bet. Yeah, it, this is going to be boring as hell. But I, it's I think it's my the only. Got to be my second favorite bet at this point, um, with everything else off the board. Nick, what do you have on the total in Stanford in Notre Dame? I just bet Stanford plus seventeen. Do you have fifty three flat on the total? Uh fifty three flat on the total. Let me pull this up here. Stanford. That seems. I don't know. Seems like a I lot for Stanford I, Notre Dame. I, I think it's low because I don't. I got fifty three and a half. Ah, Jesus! I'm kill- I'm getting killed by the hooks tonight. All right, let's go. I tell you what, <laughs> let's go to the Big Twelve. Let's go to. Um, I think one is an overreaction. So give me over in Kansas and Oklahoma at sixty-two and a half. I know that Kansas's quarterback is out for this game. I don't care. I've seen Oklahoma. I think Kansas can get into the high twenties, low thirties here against Oklahoma. And if Dylan Gabriel is back, which I think he's supposed to be, the line is minus nine for Oklahoma. That, to me, indicates that Gabriel is going to play. Uh, Levy and their offense will be motivated to score here. Kansas's defense is not great. I expect Oklahoma to get to the mid-30s, high-30s here. 62-and-a-half in a game with these offenses, I think is just too low, um, even without Kansas's starting quarterback. I trust Lance Leipold to put up points. And their backup played for them last year too, right? Yeah. The, the, yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, do you think over sixty-two and a half? Do you think that the magic is going to be gone from Kansas and Oklahoma kind of rolls here? I mean, having you know, it's one thing when you're undefeated and like can't be can't lose to anybody. I know it's a close game with TCU, or is Kansas actually good? I think Kansas is sort of good, but let me go the other direction. I think Oklahoma is who they appear to be. They are not very good, especially on defense. I mean, that's the other thing. This is more of a bet against Oklahoma than it is on Kansas for me offensively. Oklahoma can't stop anybody, man. They're not physical. Their secondary sucks. Like, they've dropped three in a row now. Kansas State piled up points on Oklahoma. Why can't Kansas? You know? I mean, Kansas State runs a glorified flex bone, wishbone. Kansas with Leipold, they're going to run some exotics, some, some different looks. I think they can get into the 30s here. I, I don't think Oklahoma can stop anybody. Oklahoma better figure it out fast before they get in this yeah. conference. And then let's go 
Uh, same conference. Zach, I'm sorry. You need to get one more in. No, I'm I'm good. I'm done. Ben, are you done? Oh yeah, I took Ole Miss to cover early, and so that's that's I've All got right, them. Let's go. NC State. I can't even remember my third pick. It's so late now. Oh, Utah. Yeah. Utah. That's right. So you're taking NC All State right. to cover. Yep. Okay. All right. Let's go. One more total. It's high, but it's high for a reason. Go into what should be a really good game, really fun game, old school Big 12 fun game, maybe. Oklahoma State, TCU over 68 and a half. Nobody's going to stop anybody in this game. TCU has piled up points against everybody all year. Oklahoma yeah, State has given this. up points. They've put up points. Oklahoma State was in a dogfight last week against Texas Tech. Texas Tech had to play a freshman and still put up points against Oklahoma State. Sonny Dykes is going to get his uh, this Saturday. As long as Oklahoma can hold up their end of the bargain here and get me to the low 30s, I think we go over 68 comfortably. Let's call it 42-35 TCU, 42-38 TCU, something like that. Man, those teams give up like 450 yards a game apiece. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Just – just give me their their average offensive output, and I think we easily go over 68 and a half. I think TCU is going to win that game, too. I know that's kind of a hot take, but I like the Lord no, I do too. there. I do, too. I think they've played the harder schedule. I mean, Oklahoma State really hasn't played anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. To put it in perspective how bad their defenses are, as Auburn has given up 360 yards a game. Auburn. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, Austin, you still looking around? I got a couple more that I like. No, I think I've got my three at Stanford, uh, plus 17, TCU over, and Kansas, Oklahoma over. Oh, I forgot about Stanford. What were they, plus 17? Yeah. Okay. I um, like Miami at Virginia Tech. Yeah, I really thought about Virginia that. Virginia Tech one. is trash. They they're, are so bad. I like they're bad, and the number is small. Yeah, yeah. I also um, really like SMU um, on yeah, Friday Navy. playing playing Navy. It's down to 12 and a half now, too. So, um, I like Florida minus two and a half at home against LSU. I do, too. Mm. I do, too. I think, I think Napier's got a point to prove. Yeah, and, um, and LSU, man, they're bad. If you're a real they sicko. Smoke by Tennessee. Do what? I was going to say, if you're a real sicko, Friday night also – FIU might or plus God. minus nothing plus 31 and a half against, I almost uh, took this that's so many points I know I just feel like Friday night short week maybe UT San Antonio is sleepwalking to a win um and it's at Ricardo Silva Stadium come on you don't just go in there and <laughs> cover the spread um no one goes in there and wins by five touchdowns no never <laughs> um the, the SB Plus has picked Fresno to win by four over San Jose State. If anybody like really wants like some oh, degenerate stuff, I might. And the I line's might. eight and a half. Eight, yeah. eight and a half. San Jose State's favored. But so Hanger it's twelve point right? difference. Do what? Fresno State's quarterback is out. Right? Is he still out? I think so. Yeah. What's his name? Number nine. He Jake got hurt. Hanger. Yeah, he got hurt in the Southern Cal game, right? Yeah, and I think he's yeah. out like four to six. 
I tell you, Fresno's one and right four, but that's a ten o'clock on yep. Saturday night. Yeah, your boy may Chase. be making some decisions. Like exactly. that is the get right game for the day, oh, dude. The I will be locked in for that one and Air Force at UNLV. Yeah. Almost locked uh, in Air Force. Another weird one. Arkansas State, Southern Miss. The total is 55 or 54 and a <laughs> half. Okay. Southern and their four games against FBS teams, those games have averaged 43.3 points per game. How the hell does this game get to 55? Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's weird. Um, last one because I know we got to go wrap things up. Um, another one that I almost locked in, but kind of went with the other ones just because I felt a little better. But now I'm thinking I I might just bet this one anyway, just real life. Um, Coastal at home against ODU, the uh, the Monarchs the shines off a little bit. They're two and three. It's only the spread's only twelve. And I think the uh, I don't know. I think the redneck roosters might uh, might cruise in this one. Grayson McCall still there. He's having a hell of a year. And uh, yeah, the Shans are good, man. They um, yeah, yeah Tatro's a good coach, man. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. He's probably gonna have uh, to take a couple calls here in the next couple months. Dude, imagine being Virginia Tech. ODU is two and four, and t- <laughs> and you're one of their two wins. Yeah. Oh man, Virginia football, man, it's wild in that state. Do they God. play it anymore? I mean, I do. I mean, all the 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 P five schools are bombing, and then you got the Dukes of JMU ranked and undefeated. I mean, it's it's crazy. Um. But all right, that's week seven. Um, hell of a slate, honestly. I- I'm looking forward to Saturday. It's going to be fun. Um, a lot of good games early and then plenty of chances. Uh, like Austin said, the chase will be on late if you need it. Be some fun ones late at night. Uh, but that's going to do it for week seven. We all like Ole Miss to roll against Auburn. Alabama, Tennessee should be a doozy. Um, you've got the big noon game, Michigan, Penn State. We were kind of split on that one, or maybe I was the only one that thought that uh, Penn State had a shot. But, yeah, great slate. Uh, and then your boys are trying to get inching closer and closer to 500. I uh, I really like the board we got here. So um, that's going to do it for week seven. Thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. Thanks to the fellas for all chiming in, dropping on uh dropping all their locks i should say and um as always thanks to sponsors make the show possible we'll be back for week eight same time next week until then we out when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.